Elon Musk, congratulations on SpaceX's successful launch of the Dragon capsule to the International Space Station. Yes, this is a great day for the uh, for the uh, for the future of space space travel. Well, you say that, Mr. Musk, but can you honestly say that within ten years you will realise your very ambitious plans for not only using the Dragon spacecraft to ferry crews to orbit, but also, as you claim, to transport astronauts to a lunar base and even a landing on Mars? Well, um, it's uh, still a lot more plausible than uh, anything Denny Baha plans for Lotus. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gary. He's Ricky. I've warned you. I've warned you once. <laughs> and he's Paul. Hello. Very, very unhappy already. If you ever want to upset the three of us, they are the names that you should use well, should you ever meet say us. That. Well, I'm we're self aware. We'll be in a few weeks and we'll be arsing about the place, going, Oh, look at us, we're from Gareth Jones on Speed. And people will be coming up going, Hello, Paul. Hello, Gary. Hello, Ricky. <laughs> you. Hey! And is it Ricky, is it Gary, or is it Paul who's happiest about Williams's resurgence to form in the most recent Grand Prix back in Barcelona? Hey, it's that, probably that Paul, cl- isn't it? could be a close one, actually. Seriously, you're going to have to stop calling him Paul because it freaks me out. Yeah, <laughs> come on, you've confused the poor man. You've confused it's the like when my colleague Jeremy Clarkson calls me Richard, because normally he just calls me Porter, because that's what a lot of people call me. Yeah, Everyone yeah, calls yeah, me Porter, yeah. my wife calls me that. But, um, and what uh, yeah. you call her, Mrs. Porter? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Word, yeah. <laughs> We're not weird, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> not that weird. Well, not that thing, But when people call you something and then they actually call you by your proper given birth name, it freaks me out. I feel like I'm in trouble a little bit. Because very few people yeah, actually I, call I, I, you I know what you mean. It's, it's like you're sort of, sort of being hauled up in a yeah, slightly more official way. Like what, sort of, what? What, what? But yeah, yeah a while yeah. ago, TV's Jeremy Clarkson had a proper grown-up, like your dad kind of word would be at Twitter and how I was waiting time doing it when I could be using those same gags and things in my paid employment and he had a fair point mm, but it was the fact I... that he prefaced this whole chat with Richard Richard yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you doing and I was like oh my mm. god I'm in real trouble here what 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 what, what? It's like me, it's when a, I talk to my children, I always use their full and proper titles if they're getting told <laughs> off. I, you know, Noddy, Adolf, the two of you, are in big trouble. So, so, so kind of like the Marge Fabrice. Bombs, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's your youngest, isn't it? Stratos. Yeah, yeah. So, Mr. Ison. Maldonado. Yeah, Maldonado. How about that pasta? Pastor Maldonado. Who says he's a paid... mentioned at some point that Williams is one of those few teams that actually still kind of remembers how to win. Mm, you know, they do now. It they was do, only the other week. come back. It has been a while but there aren't many teams who've actually won a championship as well as winning races and even as a Williams fan I think you know maybe one sort of felt that they were perhaps losing their grip on it more recently. I you know, said that they Last year, so terrible. You, you did yeah. think, well, you know, maybe it's just been too long. Maybe too many people have moved on. But still, you know, in the DNA of the team, in the structure, in the memory of the team, the group mm. memory, they know how to win. And Maldonado, he drove a beautiful race. He couldn't really have done a better job. Controlled the pace beautifully. Didn't make any mistakes. Mm. And they're back on top. Fantastic. Last year, though, Williams was so slow... They could have been overtaken by cars in auto GP, I reckon. That's how poor they were. When you've had a season that bad... Yeah. Anyway, it's not. Yeah, yeah you know, you know, and it's not as if you have to make the most enormous step forward 
to be respectable. When you have a bit of a shake-up with the rules and everything as that and the ties as there has been this year, in a sense that levels things out a little bit, so everyone's yeah. got a bit of a new start. Mm-hmm. And they're throwing away so much stuff from last year that to some extent it almost sort of flatters you. But even so, you've got to get it all right. You've got to get it absolutely right yeah, to I win a race. You know, actually, and they got being... it all absolutely right. And also they've got a good car. They've got a decent thing, I think you're being unusually cruel on them because, in fact, no, you know, you throw things away. It's then what you rebuild and yeah. what you make that's new and what you decide to keep that you can keep that makes all the difference and, and making intelligent choices and, and intelligently using the new regulations and whatever. And they seem to have unusually for them in recent times, hit a sweet spot. I think, I think often the, you know, the aerodynamic side of things maybe has been a bit weak for them perhaps mm. uh, in the last couple of years. They've obviously got that right this year. This show will be sort of going out just before the, the Monaco Grand Prix. Yep. But you may be listening to it after that, in which case we could all look quite stupid. However, I saw somebody on Twitter today, and I agree with them, saying that Pastor Maldonado... Pastor Maldonado... ...cannot be ruled out... <laughs> cannot be ruled out of doing well at Monaco because it is a track He's that gone he well knows there. very yeah. well and has yeah. done very well at. GP2 and uh, GP27, I think he was in as well. There. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, yes. It, it can count for something. It well, really you know, at least he knows his way around and he yeah. probably knows how close he can get to the barriers hey, before the anyone who's off. played any video game since the release of, I don't know, Super Monaco Grand Prix knows their way around Monaco. Super Monaco Grand Prix? Do you remember Prix? that? It was no. a Sega game. It seems like the... a bit of a one-note thing. Was it just one track? No, no, it was a whole season oh, right, okay. in there and everything right, really? but, the, but it was called Super Monaco Grand Prix <laughs> right. drive the Monaco Grand Prix track drive it again <laughs> come back and drive it again but have now it drive it the other way that's confused you but let's admit you know when you've played F1 games in the past have you not obsessively driven one track have you not just obsessively driven one track over uh, and over again yeah, until you've got it right yeah. Hock in the moment Monaco yeah. it was for no, me actually, no actually because I have no patience so I just give up altogether that's why I don't play computer in fact it wasn't no, I, 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 that was a long time Ago before I had Silverstone and Monaco, it's an F1 thing, and then Gran Turismo, you know, I've been fighting over and over again. This has just reminded me emails I forgot to reply to today, volume 47. I've been invited to a brainstorm for a computer driving game. Have and you? I don't know what to say. It's it very is... nice to be asked, but I don't... I can't... Of course you have. Your contribution will be to get that idea of no need for speed as a game. Base. Yeah. <laughs> If you have no idea what Gareth and Richard were referring to there, can I recommend that you download the special video edition that was episode 100 of Gareth Jones on Speed and scroll forward to the outtake at the very end of the programme. Thank you. I'm not sure they're going to go for that. I don't know what they're (laughs) going to go for. I don't think I can go, because I'm going to sit there and they're going to go, what do you look for in a driving game? And I'll be like... Actual car going <laughs> yeah. out into the real world. Uh, just, I don't play computer. I'm sorry, I'm wasting everyone's time here. Why don't you two can go? Guide heat-seeking missiles. Yes. You know, lasers. Yeah. Lasers. Yeah, 50 anyway. machine guns under the bonnet. Uh, violet over. Violet's the girl. Yes. Yeah, but she must introduce herself as me. Okay, and that, yeah. maintain the artifice of being because I'm presuming a lot of the people in the meeting, oh, most of the people in the meeting, you know, Richard, have there no are, idea. There are so, so they probably many will know who Violet is. Not find it super weird. I would look really cool if I went, no, I can't go. I'm going to send a special envoy. A and then TV's Violet Berlin, Girl Gamer of the Year for... And you know they'll recognise her. Yeah, they will. And they'll she, go, oh my God. She was the fastest girl in Micro Machines 2. She was actually a character in mm. Micro Machines 2, Violet. So. Get me Violet Berlin on the phone. She's downstairs. Actually, she's downstairs. Yeah, waste of the phone. So, Pastor Maldonado... Ah. <laughs> 
Does he get Superman like a Grand Prix in the game, I wonder? Well, okay, what uh, are the reasons for it? They've got Renault engines now, which is yeah, definitely a help is, instead of Cosworth. Yeah, sure. Definitely. They had Adam Parr. He's yeah, gone. Yes, he's left. But he turned the ship around. You didn't exactly strike me that he didn't leave because he was unhappy or they were unhappy. He'd done the job done that he job, was there yeah. to do in terms mm. of yeah. taking the team on and rebuilding it. What puzzles me is that, yes, you'd go there and there to do the job that you were asked to do, seemingly do it very well. But I'd imagine why if you're off you the mentality to succeed in Formula One in a highly competitive environment, why would you just go, job done then? Ta-ra, I'm off to mow the lawn. doesn't seem to compute. Mm-hmm. Unless he really is just a very singular personality. goes, right, well, there you go. I've got your house in order. I'm off. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, maybe he, you know, d- d- what did he go and do? I mean, he's not. Maybe even, he's don't like know the yet. A team or we the littlest. We should have looked this up. That's <laughs> the catchphrase of this show. <laughs> we should have looked, looked this up. up. Okay, then it will be. I know. I reckon I know why Williams are doing so well, and the clue is in McLaren's collapse. You know, McLaren have been hopeless recently, haven't they? Their pit stops, their yeah, sporting stops side. Yes. Sporting yeah, side's all gone wrong. They, yeah. They've been a bit sloppy on the sporting side, but yeah. it's the basic speed of the car. I mean, apart yeah. from yeah. the... It's the uh, management of, of the everything else around it. It's yeah. really gone so, yeah. so who is the sporting director then for McLaren? Sam Michael. That's funny. He's just left Williams at a point when Williams really, really improved, and now McLaren are falling. I blame Sam Michael. He's the Frank Spencer of F1. <laughs> <He's>, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Sam. You're right. There could be something in this. Yeah, he's a. You he's, remember he's, that Rocky he's, Martin? He's like the bad penny of F1. He just. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick. He's all gone wrong. There, you're going to run tires on. The car's done a whoopsie on the pit floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in fact, who was where when that fire started uh, yeah exactly he had yeah. visited the Williams garage to shake hands actually while yeah. we talk about the fire shake hands oh I spilled some petrol on the floor I can't believe it <laughs> uh, anyway here let me light that celebratory cigar for you oh <laughs> Sam Michael Sam Michael accident who's going to see the moon on Christmas day <laughs> Sam Michael <laughs> that's very good he's, he's red um, <laughs> can I just while we're talking very briefly I'm going to do this in 20 seconds right a huge round of applause to my old mate Dave Standby, as we called him, Dave Stanford, who was a cameraman for Sky. I think you saw the pictures, but yes. when, when the oh, fire went he, off... Was he there to put the camera down? Put his the... camera down, and he went in there, and he pulled someone out. But that is very typical. Standby was a cameraman on the WRC many years ago. He did lots of stuff with me, kids' stuff. But he did A1GP with me for a while, and he would sort of return to work in 2004, because I think in about 2002, I think it was, he was a cameraman on the WRC... And he was hit, I think, by Carlos Sainz. I'm not sure. But one of the big WRC guys took standby out. And he spent six months in hospital being rebuilt. Broke his back, every bone in his body sort of thing. So I'm not surprised standby was an absolute hero. And in that, I give him a round of applause. Well, I think because as a cameraman, your instinct is to keep filming. Yeah, yeah. That's what you tend to do. He was able to make that leap and be in the real world. And one day I'll be able to do that. Patrick Head, a great win for Williams in Spain. Yes, absolutely. You're pleased about that? Of course. Great result for Frank, great result for the whole team. No concerns? Nothing that's causing you to lose your temper? Absolutely not. Why would there be? No reason, just that Williams has finally won another Grand Prix after almost eight years. And, well, let's be honest here, that victory came... Now that you're not directly involved with the team anymore. Bloody hell! Get Central! We got a 
This last week was a bit tricky for cars for a number of reasons. Not least of all, the fact that Lola went into administration recently, hopefully to try and find a buyer. That's dreadful news. The number of iconic racing cars they've come up with, the number of chassis they've put out there that have been... Mm. You know how fond I am of Lola. You have this this great belief, though, that different set of circumstances Lola could be... A you road know, car manufacturer. British Ferrari have yeah. road cars as well as racing. They have the heritage, and if people who know about cars buy into that, that's your trickle-down, your halo. That's the basis and under which you could sell huge amounts of cars, and maybe that's why Lola aren't doing as well as they could have been doing. They didn't manufacture any road cars as Lolas. Uh, they also had an identity problem on the racetrack. You know, the last successful Lolas have been badged... Oh, One's running with Lotus badging all over it in the World Endurance Championship, and the other one was running as an Aston Martin for the last couple of years at Le Mans. Yeah, they've been gun for hire, haven't they? There was an MG yeah. as well. MG. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. even after MG went, the last time when MG Rover went down, that car was still running around as an MG. Yeah, that's right. With a load of chassis. It was really weird. Lola. I don't get it. Haven't one or two people adapted Lola T70s as road cars? Yes. I think yeah, I've, there have been just, so. a, just a handful, maybe. But it's not Lola producing... Mm. Or were they all road registered in that old way that things used to be? I can't remember. I just sort of in my head, I can see easy. them. Well, it, yeah, on, I mean, it, it was that era where, you know, if you slapped number plates on, yeah. it was probably road legal. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you drew number plates on, yeah, it would be road legal. Out. And yeah. uh, interestingly, actually, as of this week, if your car was made before 1960, yeah. basically it applies again. No MOT for pre-60 yeah. cars anymore. So, really? uh, what, what would you have? You'd have a death trap, wouldn't you? Any old death trap, really. You'd knock yourself out. I'd have yeah. a grand piano with number plates on it, just career <laughs> down a hill, like I'm in last of the summer wine. Oh, I'd have a, Road I'd have legal a... officer. <laughs> what would you have? Well, I mean, you know, money no object. I'd have a Bugatti Type 35. Fair enough. Road legal. Yeah. I'd have a mini. I think I'd have an original mini. Yeah. Well, you, you're kind of limiting your choices there a little bit. <laughs> one year of production. Did you see that mini that was basically scrap sold at auction for forty yeah, for grand? No. Yeah. Well, I well, know because Richard Bremner, who's a, who's a mate of mine. Who I know it was the originality, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, the original. Original. Oh, hang on, tell me. What happened? Yeah. I don't know this. Richard Bremner and two or three other people got together and they bought a while ago the, I think, sixth or seventh mini ever made. But it was, as minis of that age often are, pretty rotten. And they were then in this dilemma. Did they meticulously restore it? Or did they just leave it be? Because... At some point, that's some other what crazy it is now. And what did they do? Well, they left it be because right. I think probably it would cost a fortune to restore, and it was sort of like, oh well, then we'll take away the sort of patina of age. But the thing is, there's a fine line between patina and basically and rust. scrap <laughs> and rust and rot. And oh, my foot's gone through the floor. And I think they left it for a while, and I don't know. I haven't spoken to Richard about this because I'm sure he gets asked about it all the time. But anyway, it went to auction, and they paid about eleven grand for it, and it sold for forty something. So, oh, so it's basically a more high-profile version of that thing of somebody you know bought an old heap Mm. meaning to do it up Mm -hmm. don't get around to doing it up a couple of years later you sell it as a project well the good news is it's a project car if you've got a pile of old scrap on your driveway that you've been meaning to do up and it was made before 1960 suddenly that's gone up in value Mm. because you can let somebody drive it away 
without worrying about an MOT, even if it's got no brakes or floor. Yeah, yeah, that's the point, isn't it? It's licensing. Well, it's really no, stupid. No, no. I mean, they should have oh, okay, simplified uh, the okay, paperwork, but don't get rid of the MOT because yeah. they're saying, well, actually, Every only 0.06% of cars on the road are pre-1960 and they're involved in 0.003% of accidents. Mm. It's like, well, yes, they are at the moment because they're meticulously prepared to get them through the MOT. Mm-hmm. If you get rid of that, then there'll just be a load of beardies so wildly apart. careering around the lanes. In cars that they fix themselves. They is, isn't there some other? Thing. Is there not some other sort of basic requirement? Well, it has to be roadworthy in terms of the police. You have to have indicators yeah, working stop, and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. You've got to not be on have fire and sort of not not have too many spicy bits sticking out. The police to sort of take you know, a case by case view on the being yeah. on fire thing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience. Actually, I sort of. You're saying they can be lenient but... if you happen to be on fire. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, where were we? So, well, I was saying, Lola, we are mourning the. Potential yeah. passing of Lola, though I don't think it'll pass. It'll just pass into other hands who'll probably manage it badly. I think because Martin Brain's done a great job. I think for that. Well, well, it, well it, good. It, it's too valuable a brand, I mm. think, yeah. to completely disappear. Mm. You know, yeah. it has to continue in some way. The question is how much of what they're doing in terms of the people and the projects is going to carry on, and that I just mm. don't know. I don't know. For someone on fire, by the way, because yeah. the police are coming. Yeah, um, it's, it's that mini outside. <laughs> <laughs> 360, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but listen, joking apart, we're possibly mourning the passing of Lola, but I hope we're not. But we are mourning the passing of the mighty Carol Shelby, who left us after 89 yeah. years of great thinking. Mm. He had links with Lola, didn't he? Because he was involved in the Ford GT. Ford GT. The, 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 yeah, we worked on the engine for the Ford GT, I believe, Carol Shelby. And the first Ford GTs were actually Lola's, funnily enough. Yeah. So, hey, how yeah. about that? They're inextricably linked. You, and did a lot of work for Ford and then yeah. for General Motors. Did a lot Chrysler. Of, um, yeah, Chrysler. Yeah, yeah. Did them all, really. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of, uh, L- love the way of history. Yeah. Love the way in which he pulled an AC into America and slapped this enormous motor into it and made it his own. What would that be the yeah, equivalent made, of made one of the most iconic yeah. sports cars of all Turning time. Turning Proton a into a dragster or something. You know, that's great, isn't it? to be able to do that because yeah. it was a little lightweight delicate sort of sports car yeah. like taking an MX-5 and putting a, a Chevy V8 into it or something which I think people have done given the number of MX-5s idea. out there <laughs> yeah somebody's mm. probably done something it's eminently durable isn't it you get yeah, an MX-5 for 500 true. quid What's your and then obviously, you know, you could probably get the chassis plates or something built before 1960 and stick them on there, and you'd never have to have it mot so that people wouldn't notice how rusty. It is. What's your favourite Shelby then? The classic Cobra, I think, for me. Uh, yeah. just, it's, it's just it's just such a drop dead gorgeous shape. The earlier ones are better. By the time it got sort of massively swollen in the 47 stuff, I just I kind of liked it. when the wheel when the wheel arches one. are kind of too crazy. Yeah, exactly. Too, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. No, I liked it. Little Windy is actually a very very pretty looking car. Yeah, but. Also, the AC Cobra, in general, is one of those cars that I like to observe from afar, but I have really no interest in driving one because I just think it would be horrid. A bit too scary. It's not even scary. I just think it'd be vile. I just think it'd be just cramped and hot. You'd like to stupid. try it, though, wouldn't you? Well, all right, yeah, I would. Come on. I'm just being obtuse. Yes, I'd like to try it, but I'd like to try it for a bit. Do you know what? It's and not in my it top ten. they give it back to the owner yeah. and say, yes, that was amazing. Thanks for that, mate. Yeah. Bye. Best of luck. But it's not in my top ten of cars I have to own. It's just not. I don't know why. It just isn't. It's wrong. There's nothing sophisticated no, about I, it, is it? I, no, I totally it's just, get that. It's a big engine in a simple car. That's American. But it's the finest expression of that kind of brute force approach Maybe. and the thing is that it works because that brute force approach I mean A it just does it so brutally and forcefully I guess but also but it's just wrapped in such a pretty perfect body and it just works you know you can forgive it the flaws 
because it's just... Well, yeah, if it didn't have the floors, maybe you'd be able to stop it by putting your feet on the ground as a last... There you go, with your floors. Carol Shelby, wonderful man, all-American racer. In fact, he was involved in Dan Gurney's all-American races, wasn't he? But, you know, he has a floor. Only because we love Carol Shelby can we say this. He had a terrible floor. Do you remember, I think it was about late 80s, 1989, the Dodge... Lancer Shelby. Well, there was a Dodge Omni Shelby before Wait, that. Was there the an Omni 80s? Shelby as well? Yeah. I put his name on a he lot spent, of things. He spent you know, the 80s doing a lot of Chrysler Tat. Yeah. It um, was. <laughs> just, yeah, that's something. Yeah. Well, he, he did wheels for Saabs. He even did like a chili a pre-packaged, like sort of chili <laughs> mixture. Well, he went no, down the Paul Newman yeah, well, the Paul food Newman area yeah, the franchise. I don't know. I suppose the thing is, let's not judge the man until we know for sure that he did aftershave. And then we can say for certain that he sold out in the accepted Michael Schumacher kind of manner. But <laughs> what would you call it? Mustang. I don't know, it'd just be called the, the great smell of horse. Smell of man. <laughs> Musk. Gasoline. Yeah, it probably is. It yeah. was just a small what? bottle of petrol. Five star. Slap it on. Come on, burning rubber and petrol, you'd go for that. Just don't be a pussy by Carol Shelby. Drink it! Drink it now! Make you strong. Splash on the great smell of British Leyland. Ah! Jesus! That burns! The great smell of British Leyland. Terrific for pulling birds. Ooh, you smell damp. All the qualities of British Leyland in a bottle. Oh, crap, it's leaking. Everybody hurts! For the great smell of British Leyland. Hands up if you like Land Rovers. Oh, yes. oh, this is radio, isn't it? I've done it again, haven't I? We've all got our hands up for different really, reasons. You know, I'm not the a funny big thing fan is of four by fours. We really as you all know. put our hands up. Oh, what do you do? Don't you? <laughs> anyway, I, I used to drive around in a Series One that belonged to my friend Michael Cumming, who loaned it to me when I moved into this house. Yeah. I'd moved half of the stuff from the flat to this house in the back of a Series One, and I always remember going around the Smithfield Meat Market at about one o'clock in the morning and an icy December. If you don't live in London, it really is a market that sells meat. It's, <laughs> not, it's not like in the sort of Newcastle <laughs> sense where there's lots of orange girls. Uh, oh, so I, four-wheel drifting, that thing. Really? Oh. It's cobbly around there, isn't uh, yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful for that. I used to drive a Series 2 around the land that the family I lived with had some land and we used to drive a Series 2 in the land. That was mm. great. My first ever crash was in a land drive. Was it? Yeah, really? Yeah. When I Were you drive. driving? Yeah, I was working on a farm over the summer, and I think I had a provisional license at that point, but not that I actually had any driving lessons. I was just sort of showing the basics of the controls, and yeah, because mm. it was just on the farm's land, there was you know no problem with anything. But I kind of got a bit hung up going downhill on the whole changing gear thing, and I was concentrating so hard on the problem of changing gear that I completely missed the fact that I was driving off the road. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, just ran it into a ditch and that was my first, oh, yeah, first crash. Bit, it was Land Rover, didn't damage it at all. No. Pulled it out with the tractor. 
All good. Rather than pulling a tractor out of the Land Rover, which is more often the case. Richard, you drove a Defender recently. Yep. I haven't driven a Defender since that Series 2, I swear. Oh, uh, you'd be in for a shock, so probably they, you'd find it quite Don't similar. have those huge, long 1950s gear changes anymore. No, it's probably the same rod underneath, but they've sheathed it in a modern sort of plastic thing, and it has a six-speed gearbox on it. Wow. Wonders will never cease. Wow. Um, and they've just changed it, not in the past sort of six months. They've just updated the engine again. It's now Euro 5 compliant. It had the 2.4 Ford diesel engine, which they using the transit uh, it's the same engine now but it's a 2.2 litre version yes it has more power how can Ford, Ford do this Ouija well, board these well, yeah, but it's now, so it's now a little tweak here little, little tweak there, there yeah. it's a fine lusty noisy old fashioned diesel engine unusually for a modern diesel it has a single mass flywheel which is better for durability and right. it does what it does it's noisy it's cramped slow it and bounces around and it's bloody brilliant. And it's just one of the most lovable cars. And it's so you get into it, and I always do this, and I've driven Defenders a few times, sort of more modern ones, and you get in and you just go, well, this is all wrong. Always try and put the seat back, find it's as far back as it'll go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We were right. short of the You're kind of a, you're a pretty tall guy. Try and yeah, move my right elbow and the doors there. You know, again, it's one of the things because of side impact regs that generally sort of seats have moved inboard and doors mm-hmm. have sort of moved out. Mm-hmm. Everyone is a little bit further away from the sides of the car in a modern thing. And this is something that's like, right, what the. What the, 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 just the doors in the way and, and so you start thinking like, well this is hopeless and the clutch is still very heavy my one standard you don't have to start it on paraffin hefty. anymore then before no not well I'll take a plug out and sort of <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and uh, or crank it from the handle on the front I drove with a friend <laughs> just, of mine sorry I've just remembered something <laughs> The, the, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry go to interrupt. On, but just remembered the series two we used to drive. Right, yeah. would never start. Yeah. So once you got it running, you left couldn't it, it running. Off. You yeah, couldn't yeah. turn it off. And there was a gate into the field that I would do. Or I would literally get the thing ticking over, run. We'd head up towards the gate. I'd jump out, go over to the gate, open the gate, jump back into the car. Well, the vehicle was still moving, still in gear, what? chucking along in first gear. It would creep and crawl. I thought you were going to say, you do that thing if it's still cold and you, you don't want to use a joke or whatever, you just go and find a stone and leave it on the accelerator while you're the, out. You didn't even need to do yeah. that. Uh, but as I say, you got out of the car while it was in, while gear. It was in gear. And still moving. Yeah, that, I And know. would continue to move. He's still with us today, so let's... Yeah, OK, it's worked. OK, I'm not... It's yet. Wales, the rules are different there. Physics are... <laughs> Sorry, you, so you, you took yours to Wales. So I had some friends of mine doing a big charity walk, this massive thing, across the Breckens, 54 miles in 24 hours. They didn't do it in 24 hours, they did it in 21 hours, 35 minutes, so oh, they did a bloody brilliant effort. I was haranguing people for money on Twitter and Facebook and through Sniff Petra and stuff like that, and I blagged this Land Rover as a support vehicle, because I wasn't walking, I was being supporting, because I'm idle. And... I rang Land Rover because I thought, well, Discovery would probably be good. Lots of seats, lots of space. And they said, oh, sorry, we haven't got Discovery free. We've got a Range Rover Sport or we've got a Defender. And it was a bit of a no-brainer because I was like, well, Defender, I mean, it'll be, yes, difficult going down the M4. But actually, it's fine. It zings along. I mean, you, it's all about maintaining momentum and you're sitting up high so you can see what's coming. And People I was wave, like, don't they, yeah, as you go past them? loves a Defender. Yeah. And yeah, I was with my friend decision. Paul and Paul, sure think about Paul went, this, this is interesting, this car. And he's sort of he's mildly interested in cars, but not much. And he said... With modern cars, they mould around you. This is interesting. This makes you mould around it. And he's right. right. You, you have to accept the driving position is unusual by modern That's standards. why you're it's not uncomfortable. It has you a just re- have to get used to it. It has a refreshing basic. Yeah, it's it. a totally honest car. More so than the Merc G-Wagon, which I've driven uh-huh. quite recently as well, which yeah. is the same sort of style of car, Vertical. you know, where you can still see all the rivets and stuff on the outside. Mm. But that they've put sat-nav and climate control on that. And, and in some ways, it's a less sincere car because the Definitely. Defender, which... Yeah, I, I will admit has now got electric windows and heated seats, and in some ways has become a bit of a pansy. But <laughs> fundamentally, it's still good, honest, simple car, and it was just great because it did everything that was required of it. Lots of room, and it was a 
good car to drive around the country because you could see over hedges and things, and I was never happier. I reckon the car that will replace that, the thing that we call the DC100, yeah, yeah. they're going to struggle. They're going to have to keep this old one going for a very long time. Well, they can't be on 2015. Until they evolve the new one. They've reclassified it already as a commercial vehicle, which right. exempts it from certain regs, including not having airbags. They can't package those in yeah. their pedestrian mm. safety regs and all these yeah. things. Yeah. That will buy it until 2015, I think, then. There's some talk that maybe then they'll start making it in India and it'll be sold in other markets where the rules aren't so strict. Okay, yeah. The thing is, it's very easy for people like us because we like cars and we're prepared to adapt to something like the Defender, but... I think that DC100, yes, it might be based on the Freelander, is what yeah. I'm thinking, and they might do something else a bit more rugged based on something else for farmers and things like that. But the market for farmers in the UN is very small, and Toyota have got it sewn up around the world. So mm. why bother competing with that sort of rugged, you know, peacekeeping-type thing? When I was driving around that Defender, people loved the way it looks, and why not make something that looks like that and has that image of ruggedness, but that will sell to people who live in Seven Oaks and Lemon yeah. Maybe it's just kind of had its time, in a way. I just think there's a, it's so. great, and we love it, but the truth is, if you love it like we love it well the defenders last forever for the most part so just go and buy a second hand one and enjoy it because it's terrific yeah yeah they're very lovable things but for normal people who aren't so into cars and just want to drive to the shops in it well they would probably be happy with something that's basically an evoke but with a roughy tufty outside but did you see the lego celebration of the defender that somebody had put together well i think i saw it because you sent it to me yes yeah Yeah, good did you have a proper look at the video because the thing is what scale is it it's it's Um, completely built out of lego i think it weighs about three Kilos, so that gives you an idea. And the sort of, there's about sort of maybe two and a half thousand Lego bricks elements. In. So it's a fairly one big scale, one six fairly, scale, something like that. And the thing that blew me away is take a first look at it, and it looks right. It looks amazing. The proportions are all right. Even the wheels are just right in proportion. You think, yeah, well, that's a cracking Lego model of a Defender. And then you realise that it has fully working steering, a fully working suspension, mm. it's a long travel suspension, you can lift the body up by just taking a couple of pins off, yeah. working five-speed gearbox with reverse, <laughs> two-wheel <laughs> drive and four-wheel drive oh. modes, switchable, mm. and it's radio control. Beautiful. Check this video, it's the most beautiful tribute in Lego, which is a great medium for celebrating yeah. mechanical engineering. It's the most beautiful tribute to a motoring icon. And the guy that's done it, by the way, he does some fantastic other vehicles, Bugatti, Veyron, one or two other cars. But now, this Defender... Nothing works better in Lego yeah. than oh, Lego and, and go, it's, and, perf- well, Look at it. It looks like a Lego brick, doesn't yeah. it? it? There's angular corners to it. And if enough people vote for it, oh, I can't remember what the site's called, but there's the site which you can post Lego projects, and if enough people vote for the projects, and if the projects get enough votes, Lego will make this as a kit. So go really? Really? vote for this thing Crikey. and yeah, I mean expensive though oh yeah no it yeah, would be yeah. expensive but no it's one of the things when I was driving the real Defender I was looking at it, I was just looking around it going you know what I could dismantle this if I wanted yeah to. <laughs> it's actually made the real Defender is made out of Lego that's yeah. why the model was so easy Couldn't to do put it back together again but <laughs> <laughs> we will put a link to that bit of video on yeah. the page for this episode so visit garethjones.tv you've been listening to the man that his mum calls Paul goodbye and the bloke that his dad calls Richard not Ricky yes and goodbye. I've never Never been called Gary, don't call me that. You can call me Gah if you want. That's alright. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>